Welcome to the Not Quite the Afterglow podcast, your chance to see inside the mind of a British 40-something man and his 30-something wife. Not your average couple, but then this is not your average podcast. Hi, you're listening to Not Quite the Afterglow with me, Chloe. And I'm Richard. Hi, and this is episode five. Episode five, and it's it's now a month since we actually launched the podcast, and it's going bigger and better than, than we ever expected. Yes, we've had we've had so many more listeners than we we could ever imagine. It's uh, it's been it's been fantastic. It's been nearly twenty thousand listeners now today, and uh, that's quite frequent. Think about it: the amount of people who are listening into your relationship and stuff that you talk about. Yeah, who who are you people? I don't know, but sixty eight percent of them seem to be in America. So howdy, howdy. <laughs> So we've been actually, actually it takes us on to, um, we, 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 we listen to a huge amount of music. Um, the dark thing is that I'm a, I'm a huge rock music fan. I you know play bass, I play guitar and stuff. And we've been listening to a lot of Foo Fighters and, you know, you pointed out that you saw, you saw the Foo Fighters back in the day at Reading Festival. I, and... I saw them at Reading Festival and then I worked out that the last time I saw them was at Hyde Park in 2006 right but you'd seen them in 2002 at reading yes i had yeah i I vaguely remember that but i definitely remember um seeing them in 2006 but we've been catching up this week with um sonic highways which is a multi-part documentary written and directed by dave grohl recorded across america different city different song you know inspired by things that had happened in that city and you know looking across that you know this is our podcast. Our podcast is going out to, you know, mainstream America, people listening all across different states, all across America. And and here in the UK as well. And and who who else where where else are you listening from? We we don't tell actually us, know. Tell yeah. us. Log on to the podcast log on to the Facebook page and actually tell us where you are because yeah, we, we the weird love thing to is we, we see we, we see we see all the figures coming up on the down on the on the server stats and stuff. But no one leaves us any feedback on Twitter or on Facebook, so we could just be talking into the atmosphere. Who knows? Who knows? But listening to the Foo Fighters a lot this week, it's been it's been weird thinking that I'm a different generation to you. I'm sort of ten years older than you. Grew up with different rock music and stuff. But and then you start going, oh, I went to see them two thousand two and two thousand six. And I was thinking, what was I doing in two thousand? I was working for that's, a living. That's the thing when you have a band like the Foo Fighters who have been around for quite a long time now that you can get that sort of crossover between us because they've they've been but around. But they're the for same so age long. as me. They are same age as me i'm in my late 40s or mid mid 40s and you're in your 30s and stuff and you know you like different music to i like different music we've said that before on the podcast but the food fighters seem to be one thing we can actually agree on yeah but as i said because they've been around for so long i think it's sort of touched in in your sort of more well i'd say youth but you know it's a lot of shredding guitar and bass and drums and but it's it's sort of come into into myself as well and i suppose that uh there's a, there's also like the next generation sort of after me as well who who are probably big fans too because obviously it's the music of their you know they're that sort of young teenage age but then you know I was generation x growing up with nirvana you know natural progression of being foo fighters yeah and i'm and i'm generation y which is which is a millennial i didn't realize that generation y was the millennials i'm i'm one of these ones who apparently can't you know open a tin of baked beans or something or afford a house deposit etc et yeah exactly and it, and it must be hard because you know we're very fortunate we we do we do pretty much okay for ourselves we work pretty hard but 
I travel a lot around the UK and I spend a lot of time in London. And as you know, as some of previous podcasts, we people watch. And I spend a lot of time on the tube with everyone else, hundreds of thousands, millions of people in London every day sitting on the tube. And you can't help but stare at each other. And you see these young couples and you wonder how the hell they're going to get their foot on the property ladder. And Or you see the singles hoping that they're going to find someone to get their foot on the property ladder or whatever. And it's really difficult. I would hate to be that yeah. age again. I mean, we're almost at the stage of... Um being five years married, although obviously we next met week. met ten years ago. Yeah, it's not next week. It's Is it like four two, It's time? like two weeks. Two weeks time. Okay. Oh, um, oh, we've got when we did our wedding invitations, we didn't have just standard invitations. Oh no, we don't do anything be, by ourselves. That no. would be boring. So our wedding invitations were actually printed large tea towels, and we have one of them that's mounted on card and hanging up on the wall downstairs. So we never have any excuse for forgetting when our. Well, I, it's, it's, it's in the living room, a room I very rarely ever go into. You spend a lot of time in there. I'm very rarely in there. That's because there's, there's a sea of Lego on the floor. A sea of Lego. And it, it's, well, it's, it's, more a mine, it's a minefield of Lego when I walk in there in the dark and step on it and jump six foot in the air. It is. But as, as I was saying, so we've been married nearly five years, obviously. Uh, we met sort of ten years ago, so we've been together quite a long time. And um, I think it's... You know, like we'll sort of have conversations because we have friends who are single who are dating and stuff. And I just... I, obviously, again, it's going back to that Generation X, Generation Y thing. I can't imagine dating right now. Like, I can't. It's so no. different because everything has changed since we were dating, and or when we. Well, obviously, you started dating before I did because you got a ten-year head start almost. Well, it's not. It's just when the first ever computer dating in the UK came out, um, Dateline. Um, the guy who created that, I actually used to write the software for him. So, you know, you'd see Dateline adverts on the tube and stuff, the first computer matching data, you know, the computer uh, dating system. I helped write it, and now you've got Tinder and all these other sites. And that, how, how do people survive when the fact they've got, like, one second to uh, you know, attract someone, you know, while someone sweeps left, sweeps right? I just don't get... I, it's, it's like disposable stuff. I think when... Because obviously when you were sort of first dating or, or whatever i suppose it was it wasn't you know, in black and white you know back, back of the magazine we didn't we didn't not, not back of magazines because that makes it sound like you were dating well, you know, dodgy you know, people but your parents didn't have to come you know. with a dowry of cows and stuff it wasn't <laughs> but it wasn't in black and white we didn't have to you know it wasn't like rapunzel rapunzel's i'm, I'm from the hair. west country you know you do come with cows and stuff attached but um but yeah i think it was that sort of more back of newspapers and things like that um, oh yeah, there were single ads and stuff where your premium rate, premium rate numbers. God, pre, pre, if you said to someone oh, it's a premium rate number, they wouldn't know what you were talking about now. Yeah, and that's the thing with like my generation because we were sort of touched on the edge of that. Maybe um, I certainly know, like in the LGBT community, you'd have like the pink pages as such, and then you know you get this sort of crossover from that into into that internet dating. Sure. You started to have like dedicated websites for dating and things like that um but now since kind of art well my time i suppose now you have these apps and things and also i don't know like everything seems can be it can be more targeted but i remember people telling me that in the 1980s obviously when i was only you know in my teens um so i wasn't aware of this that people used to use cb radios CB radios was a way of methodology. I can't understand. See to me, because like, that, that's completely public. Everyone can listen in. I don't quite understand. I that. Just, does that just mean you date people who drive long distance? No, people would have CB radios and, and breaker breaker whatever. I don't know how it worked. It was before my time. My time was very much you dated younger girls. When I mean younger girls, because the girls our age, the girls my age, would not date 
men boys our age because they'd be going out with the guys two years older who had cars. I, I think you always had that though. I, I just remember being at school and I was in year 10 at school and, and our sort of boys who were in our class who, um, you know, they, they started dating year nine girls and that was the first time sure. that we started to notice that. But I, that I, 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 I'm very fortunate. I have a sister who's two years younger than me who went to the girls' school. So... It was a great way of meeting girls because my sister, you know, my sister had an older brother who had older friends. So that was like oh, a Oh, yeah, magnet. I, I definitely older, remember. Older boys with older brothers with older friends was the place to be. Yeah, I can remember when I was younger, I, I always wanted to have like an older brother just because then they would have friends. Or, you know, if you had a friend with an older brother, you'd be like, you know, you'd, okay, you might not like him because you might know him very well, sure. but he would have friends and, you know, you could speak to those friends and but I, I remember my sister having friends come around the house who i think why are they friends with my sister they're totally different fashion groups and you realize it suddenly it was just to see me and my friend who lived three doors down the road etc etc and that was that's how it that's how it started that's but, then, how you but then the funny thing is you know i don't think guys uh, are always interested in in sort of younger girls or any girls really at, at certain stages in their teenage years so you know, I think I was more interested in Level Forty Two and my first VHS video player and guitars and things like that than girls for a long time. Oh, and do you know what? Teenage girls are, can be strange because I can remember. Tell me about it. I know. Uh, I had a friend recently who uh, said about um, acrostic. She didn't know what an acrostic was, and she looked it up. And I thought to myself, I know what an acrostic is. I vaguely I, remember what it is because I made one for a boy that I really fancied when I was at school. I think I must have made one with. Now, he, I think it was either his full name or maybe it was his name and my name together. I seem to remember writing it out, you know, on some sort of fancy paper, um, not spread, sprayed with Charlie, no, which was it, more it, your generation. It was, yeah, yeah, spray, yeah. Sprayed with um, exclamation or like impulse body spray or something, uh, which I then I think maybe gave to him or he put it and put it in his locker or something. Sure. I, I, a little bit of me dies inside right now. And <laughs> it's just so embarrassing because he probably just thought, what, what's this? Like, you know. I, I remember splitting up with a, a girl who I dated consistently for about six or seven years and having a black sack full of very neatly handwritten love letters. A love a handwritten. See, that, that's something that's, that's lost a skill set that's now. gone now. You know, Basil and Bond writing paper, perfectly spaced, I mean, sprayed we, with lace or Charlie I was or whatever bet- it was. Between us, we had we had a f- sort of some email exchange. Sure. I, I think I faxed you at um, work once. I faxed you a you love did. letter. I I had a love fax. I mean, a love fax. <laughs> I did. I sent. This is going back about you ten did. years. You I sent you, and fax. I deliberately said to you, "Go to the fax machine now in case someone else did," and they got it, which would have been really mortifyingly embarrassing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I I still have that. Do I you? still have that stashed away somewhere. But if but... you said to the children, "Daddy sent me a, this fax," they'd be like, "What's a fax?" Yeah. If I said a love fax, they they think it was some sort of. Well, they, they're too young to know what a euphemism is, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think they would uh, wouldn't understand what that was. But yeah, I think um, as I say, we had some email exchange and stuff. But I mean, that was back when I had a, a hotmail account, and I've long that's you know long since died a death. That has I, you know, so all that sort of dies with it, I guess. And and so many exchanges over MSN Messenger as well. Sure, and even that's back in the day. Now that's a 
redundant yeah. archive technology. In fact, I, I saw somewhere this week that AOL Instant Messenger is being completely <gasps> switched off. AOL Instant apparently. Messenger. I spent like three or four years of my life on AOL Instant Messenger. With your buddies. No, it, it wasn't was my buddy. buddies. No, was no, because that's what they called it. I just remember Holly. Buddies. Was it Holly? That strange woman, when you turn up, welcome to AOL, welcome, you have mail, or whatever it was that her voice would pop up. But yeah, I mean, there were different groups and different things on AOL that I used to frequent, people I used to talk to and stuff in America, and I'm still friends with those people, I'm still I'm still good friends with those folk. Yeah, see, that's kind of like with a dating thing, but I think, as I say, we said before, it goes to these apps and stuff now, it's all very instant, isn't it? I think we're sort of living in a time where everyone it's wants disposable. something... Yeah, disposable, yeah. but also straight away. No one wants to wait. Nobody wants to do that thing of, you know, like when you were at school or or when you maybe met someone on holiday and you get a holiday romance. And you... Holiday romance. No. I never had one of them. I missed out. I've never had a holiday romance. I don't think I had a holiday romance, but I definitely, I don't want to say lusted after because that sounds wrong, but definitely sort of had little crushes on, on um, you Greek know, waiters. just random. No. Harry no, back Greek waiters. No. I didn't. I didn't uh, go on any like proper family holidays after the age of about fifteen. Well, so I was about thirteen or fourteen. My parents stopped taking in me. the in the early teenage years. Um, and funnily enough, it, that reminds me that there was. I remember there was a boy, and uh, I think I quite fancied him. He had curtain hair because obviously that was the in, in thing, in the, thing at the time. And I was just trying to think, but Grunge I'm look. pretty sure he didn't actually live all that far away. From and you never from kept, maybe he's going to listen to this podcast and go, oh, I remember her. Well, no, funnily enough, um, a few years later, I think I bumped into his brother somewhere. Uh, <laughs> and and, him. No, okay. and just sort of recognised him. But it was one of those things where I'm from quite a small town, so you have this unspoken thing that you'll see someone and recognise them and they'll see you and recognise you, but you you don't actually acknowledge each other which you always find very strange. No, because I grew up in a very, very small village of about 40 houses where the number of sheep in the village, you know, outranked the number of people by about 10 to 1. That's how the men like it, isn't it? Well, apparently so. <laughs> you know, little black pellets in their Wellington boots. Um, but, you know, when we go back now to to that to that village in Kent, there's no one there that I grew up with, is there? No, because they've all... Well, that's the no one's thing with villages, though, now. You know, it's people, so expensive to live It's there. so expensive to live where, where you've I mean, grown we could, up. We could afford it, but I don't want to be there. But then also, I suppose, you know, a lot of people have this thing of if you've grown up somewhere, maybe like in a village, which can be sort of quite isolated, then as soon as you get older, you want to escape and you want to be mm. in the big city and... Uh, you know, you want to sort of do something different to what your parents did, I suppose. I mean, I know people who've gone back, but the thought of going back and having to deal with appalling public transport or living in an area where you grew up, where you or know just everyone. having to be sociable with people because there I, are literally like hardly any of you. Around. Yeah, and the, th- the thing is, even when I walk into the shop now, things that I did when I was fifteen. You know, if the woman behind the counter's there, she's like, hello, Richard, expecting me to be the same naughty boy that I was when I was 15, 16. She doesn't cut me any slack even now. Yeah, but you are still naughty. Yeah, but I'm 44. You know, this is 30 years ago. Cut me some slack. I'm not that same boy who used to do stuff, so... 
that's the problem growing up in villages you have the you know you're the village kid you're the kid who did this you're the kid of legend or it's worse when you're growing up when your parents are well known in the village my dad used to wear a dog collar so you know everyone knew who he was just trying to be trying to be the son of someone who's a cleric that's very difficult especially when you know they go on holiday and you have parties and then you, you expect no one in the village to tell the vicar <laughs> you know you're the vicar's son it's incredibly hard yeah, I could imagine. See, I never had, I never had any wild parties. I oh, just, I had huge wild I parties. Just had, parties of legend. I think I just had one time uh, when I think myself and my brother were home alone. So I would have, we would have been sort of, you know, getting on for late teenagers. I think I was doing my A levels at the time, and I remember having some friends around. And I used to have friends around quite a lot anyway. But obviously, there were more of them than than normal. And I think we we walked down to the local uh, Chinese take away and all got some food and came back and all the boys were drinking cans of fosters oh fosters was the, the uh, in you thing. know yeah. and i didn't even know what we were drinking and i just remember um you know there was music put on i remember flying over to the to the stereo and being like turn it down you can't have it too loud and then someone having a drink and i say you must put that on a coaster and then i remember also having a black bin bag just as soon as there was a just put the rubbish in there just put the rubbish in um i remember going to my girlfriend's 18th birthday party and being the only sober person there and being the one washing up Oh, and her mother her, her mother going oh you're amazing washing up i'm like yeah because they're all like two years younger than me and boring yeah. <laughs> i don't really want to be dealing with someone threatening to kill themselves outside another one throwing up in the toilet i'm just like yeah i've been there done that oh the drama the i drama. Can remember that there'd, there'd always be when you were younger and this is the thing with um, there'd always be a love-struck couple who would argue usually yeah. me and my ex she's pour pints again it's on my head but i think you know, I, I guess it's kind of different here in the UK to if you're in the States, just because, you know, the... Education the, system. The legal drinking age is slightly younger, but obviously then people drink younger than I that. Mean, you, you you did your part of your degree in, in, in New Hampshire, so you, yeah, you saw I, this. Yeah, I um, I went to Keene State College, woohoo, and, uh, and I can remember it just, you know, if there were parties and people playing beer pong and stuff like that, and I found it very odd because I'm used to sort of, you know, you would go to the pub and you People would have would a drink. casually drink. And you would just sort of deal. casually have a drink and you'd be talking about stuff. Whereas, and, you know, it seems you know, to be whereas, one sniff of Miller Light and they were... Yeah, but no, it was more, it was the playing games. It was the novelty of getting drunk, which, you know, we'd done years, years previously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't, I mean, obviously, like being drunk and stuff, you know, it was great fun. But it was the novelty way to get drunk which you know i i just found standing upside odd. down with the pipe from the, the kegger well no because i never i don't drink beer so. no but I, i've seen that happen in the states before yeah i i've been to like a couple of house parties and things but it it was yeah it was like the beer pong and stuff and and i'm just thinking like you're playing this game to drink this you know tiny tiny amount of beer that's just like nothing is is the amount you know each cup is just like how much someone would just leave on the table in a, in a pub whilst they decided to go outside or something. But you know me, I have this thing where if my beer is being poured, I'll get them to pour me too. Well, that's if you're drinking Guinness, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got to let it Gu- Guinness or a stout yeah. or a bit or something. While, while they're pouring it, I say, look, pour me two because I can drink one while while the, while the other one's settling. And I was in, I was in Portland in Oregon. And uh, we went to, uh, I just literally got off the plane. I flew to Vancouver and then flew down to Portland and I I met a friend, Bill. Uh, We went to a really nice sort of microbrewery in in Portland and he said, oh, what are you having? And I said, oh, I have two or three pints of that. And he looked at me like, what? 
like two or three pints. I was like, well, yeah, what are you having? He's like, I'll have a pint of beer. And I said, well, you have one and get me three. And he was looking at me like I was an alien because the first one arrived and I just poured it down my throat and like, you know me, I just open my throat and yeah. go, it just goes in a second. And did the same with the second one while the third one was, was settling. And he was looking at me like, I, and the whole restaurant was looking at me like I was some form of yob. And you know, I, it takes a huge amount of beer for me to get even remotely hammered. So, you know, again, America just doesn't have this drink culture. Well, it's not a yob culture, but it certainly doesn't understand sensible alcohol consumption. It seems to be when I've been out with people, they've drunk a little bit and got very, very drunk very quickly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, even, I mean, there are big problems with drinking in the UK generally, but um, I think, you know, sort of France and Europe as a whole sort of generally have a better thing because everyone drinks... Drinking wine from a very early From a young age and it's always with a meal and, you know, it's not excessive for the sake of being excessive. No, no, it's not. And I think also, you know, we, we grew up at an age where it was very easy to do things to excess because being growing up in a village it was safe you know you could go to the pub and get plastered and walk home without getting hit by a car you could you didn't have to worry about getting into trouble in a in a brightly lit town where it's full of police cars and you know just causes for concern and causes for trouble which i would hate now i'd hate my kids to grow up in that sort of environment see this is the thing um about you know sort of my generation why these millennials or or whatever that we are is that we've had this sort of dual thing of you know someone was saying we're, we're kind of analog and digital in our in our growing up you know that we had we started very young with cassettes and then we had the CDs and then we had the digital music all within our, you know, sort of... Yeah, generation. Yeah. Within our time. And, um, and you know, and we've, we've been that generation where you could, you know, you could possibly go to the pub or a nightclub or something slightly underage because in terms of looking for ID... They didn't do it. They didn't... Well, or if they did, they... It was was at the time, this was another thing, it was at the time where you were just having, um, like your driving licence was just paper. Sure. And had no photo or anything on it. So you could borrow somebody else's driving licence and just say, well, you know, that's that's mine and I'm that age. And then you got this slight crossover into when they started doing the actual uh, plastic, like an ID card with your photo on licences. So you, you couldn't use that. And that sort of happened when I was in my kind of late teens... Mm-hmm. age so you you had that sort of crossover bit and then um the other thing that we would get that that was like that was obviously things like um smoking sure you know when when i was sort of a, a teenager and into my early 20s people smoked everywhere you smoked yeah, yeah, in yeah. clubs and bars and, and you everything come out like and that in the next morning your your throat and your clothes would st- you know your clothes would stink you'd have a sore throat your hair would stink exactly. of cigarettes but then obviously you know, then the smoking ban came in, although obviously I was kind of later in my 20s by that point. So, you know, you've had this real sort of dual sort of growing up thing. Where the world's where changed. You've had, where the world has, 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 a lot of things have changed whilst you were growing up. Whereas for you, obviously, you know, these things have changed, but you were already more sure. of an adult sure. with them. Yeah, I mean, when you were going through all that stuff, when you were like 16, 18, I was already, already had a child, you know, I was a stepfather at the age of 24. So I had a huge amount of growing up to do very, very, very quickly. But yeah, I mean, things like the smoking ban have made a massive difference. But getting back to this whole dating thing, I do feel the fact that 
if I had to start dating again now, I would be so terrified of how you actually get to meet people. Because back in my day, you met people. You actually physically... There was this you just, yeah, social you just, interchange, yeah. you know, the friends of a friend or, you know, that that's how it happened. But I think you, know, you, would, you, dated, you, you dated friends, sisters, or yeah, you dated, you you dated that people now, that you though. knew who you worked with or whatever. Not that I would ever date anyone I work with. but um, I think you still get that now, but in more of a... So what do you of think? an online thing so, because because people um do you, think you know like obviously code or well, no. region oh I, I, this reminds me can you remember there was a thing on facebook what was it called there was like some sort of thing on facebook um a i don't know thing? years ago yeah i'm sure it was a, a facebook thing i can't even think what it was called now i want to say it was like zeus or something but i think I don't know if that's merged into something else now. I don't know. But I, I remember there was some sort of online thing, and I'm sure it was linked to Facebook. Um, but I I can't remember now. But certainly people in sort of social media and stuff, I think people get involved in specialist groups of things. So yeah. I think, you know, people can form relationships. Like, you can form friendships. I mean, I've got but the, various... But, but the world is now... It, it's now You're able to find out so much about someone very quickly. I mean, I work in the security industry so if i don't know anything about you i'll I'll find out in two seconds yes do you know what this reminds me i saw a video of something the other day and it was about dating somebody who isn't who doesn't do social media right and it was this kind of video of these girls and and this girl was dating this guy and they were like oh what's his name and stuff and you know we'll look him up on our phones and she said he's not He's not on Facebook, what? and they and what? They're, what? Yeah, what? What? exactly what? they were like, "What? Well, how can we find out what his ex girlfriend looks like, and how how do sure. we know like where he works and embarrassing pictures of him, etc., etc." And then this video shows them, you know, sort of looking everywhere, and then be like, "No, he's not on Instagram. He's not on Twitter. Like, who is this guy? Does he even exist if he's not on social media?" And um, yeah, it's kind of weird because now. It's like when you meet new people generally. Sure. You can find out so much about them. I, I, you, you don't have that exactly. mystery. You can write people off before you've really given them a chance. You can find out so much in a, as a, in a perception of them. Sure. Because obviously, you know, the, the people that we seem to be online aren't necessarily the people that oh, we are in no. real life. When, when people meet me and they say, cool, you're nothing like your Facebook profile, I'm like, why would I be anything like my Facebook profile? My Facebook profile is somewhere I can go and rant at the world. Yes, I always have this thing uh, about how, you know, you online is not you in real life. And the, but that's deliberate. You know, in real life, you wouldn't necessarily say uh, a boo to a goose in certain situations. Ah, but online, ah, you that's will not, not that's, hold back. That, that, no, that's not entirely true. If I'm, if I'm in a commercial environment, people do expect me to go and kick down doors and, you know, to be the big guy because that's what I do. But in my private life, I'm anything but. Exactly, yeah. So I think, you know dating and stuff now um as i say you can find out so much in a perception about somebody but ultimately you know i don't think you can ever know somebody until you actually sit down and you know have a cup of tea with them but in in, in that in that same respect using a, ni- <laughs> a 1980s analogy you know that that's you know that's how i i would imagine one would would go courting but, but when when we met it was by complete luck by complete chance and i, I you know as I, I knew you were the one yes i knew you were the one as well but, but you, not in a nice way, was that? Or? No, no, of course it was in a nice way, but it was in a terrifying way because I, for one, didn't believe in, you know, love at the first one. sight and sight and that, that there was a one. Um, but, but yeah, you, you were for me, yeah. 
Yeah, I just remember being utterly gobsmacked and then thinking, panicking, thinking, how the hell do I even get on her radar? And that that that, that, that that's when I think when you meet the one, you the cold, you know, this cold light of day, this realization that oh my god, now I've got to try and convince them that I'm not a knob. Yeah, I think that's the thing because obviously we didn't know each other very well but it was just like it just I, you just, there was just an air of something i remember you turned up at my house at i say half i 11, say there's an air of 11. something you just had a shower so I there was an air of being clean for <laughs> a start was, i was clean but you turned up at my house at half 11 at night three days later from a rock concert in london took me completely by surprise and i just knew at that point i was like this is gonna go the distance yeah and uh and also um quite early on when i impressed you in bed can you remember how I impressed you in bed? You recited pie to 24 characters. I did that, but also I ate an entire tub of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. You did, and I thought, this girl's a keeper. This girl's a keeper. Yeah, we were, you know, there's me, some hot 25-year-old. And you were hot. You were really hot. <laughs> I was hot. You know, it's, it's all gone wrong now. And I um, remember waking you up in the middle of the night with headphones. Yes. What what would you do if you were in bed with this hot 25-year-old and you wake up in the middle of I the night? I couldn't sleep. What do you do? Yeah, you you give her a pair of headphones and then you say, oh, listen to this, this goon com- show. Listen to this comedy show. Yeah, listen to this. Or, or, or let's play I Spy. Yeah, and then say, let's I Spy. And it's... No, that was a different occasion. Yeah, but also <laughs> when, you, when you were saying, oh, in the middle of the night and you woke me up and, oh, let's play I Spy, it wasn't even like a rude thing. I think you just generally Bored. Were, were a bit panicked over... Well, we didn't. that's why it took us six years to have children. <laughs> Five or six years to have children. Maybe <laughs> that's why. Because we were busy why. playing I Spy and listening to the goon oh, show. no, I just, I, I felt... <laughs> When I first met you, I felt completely intimidated. I have my kid sister, my baby sister, who I love to bits, who I love to bits. My baby sister is seven years younger than me, and I have put her down since she was a child as the baby of the family, the runt of the litter, the one that no one listened to because she's a child. And then I end up marrying someone two years younger than her. Can you imagine? I know. The crisis of confidence I had when I first met you, the age gap was huge. You know, well, what about me? You you know, you looked... Older than your dad. No, but you... <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't look older than your dad. No, no. But, you know, you're 45 now and you looked 45 10 years ago, so, you know... But the the, the thing was, you know, I was in the same hotel as your dad months before i moved to wiltshire months before well about six months to a year before i even met you we were in the same hotel in san mateo in california and i didn't even know he had a daughter or anything and there you go a year a year later um, i'm going out for dinner with him with you we've both been staying in the san mateo courtyard residence under a flyover in california it's just absolutely bizarre that i knew your dad longer than i knew you yeah well you sort of knew of him knew of him yeah, yeah. It's a bit scary that you know, and that's you know, that's world. that funny that's thing, thing, isn't it? When you stay in a hotel and they're like, Oh, there's another British yeah. guy here. So I was in the hotel, and the, the maitre d said, Oh, there's another English guy staying in the hotel complex. And I was like, Yeah, and but that doesn't mean we, we don't socialize, you know. And then it's like, You know, you must know each other because you're from the same you're country. from England, you, you know. And it turned you... out that guy was your father. I know it's a small world, isn't it? Of all the millions of people, if he tens had known, of if he had known, he would, have, he would have warned you uh, off. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. My precious know. daughter. <laughs> yeah, that he was staying two doors down from me in this in this in this complex. Very, very strange. Small, small world. It but then, but then the weird thing was, I was in um, I was in Halifax, Nova Scotia, about twenty years ago, and I it was it was snowing, thick snow. I was in a rented jeep. I was driving down this highway, stopped on this freeway to go to um 
a restroom and a service station and I went at the restroom and I was standing at the urinal and another guy walked in and went hi Rich and stood next to me and I went oh hi Kim and then he got back in his jeep and didn't say anything and that was a guy one of my dad's friend who lived in the village and that's all we said we didn't say wow ten thousand miles away from home what are the chances of meeting in a urinal in in halifax nova scotia just in the middle of nowhere absolutely freaky absolutely freaky and i was in um i was in a newspaper shop in new york and i i I thought i saw a guy who i went to, to school with and he was standing by uh the newspaper stand so i tapped him on the shoulder to say hello and it turned around and it wasn't him. And as I left the newspaper store, I bumped into him. That freaked me the hell out. I hadn't seen this guy in 15 years. Thought it was him at the newspaper stand, tapped on the shoulder, it wasn't him. And then I bump into him as I'm exiting the newspaper store. I'm like, freaked the hell out. Officially freaked out. Wow. You must have had some sort of psychic. Maybe it's X-Files. Maybe that's why I'm such a huge X-Files fan. I don't know. And the X-Files back is audio now. We've been listening to a couple of the X-Files. They've got the new audio books that have just come out, and you, you can't get on with them at all, can you? Well, no, to be fair, though, I was you were playing it in the car when I was very tired, so I, I couldn't really take it all in. I'm a big audio books fan. helps me get to sleep when you're snoring. Yes. Or, alternatively... I could you just could... wake you up, put a pair of headphones on you, <laughs> relive the old times. Yeah, or just put, you know, put a podcast on to fall asleep to. Like this one? Like this one, yes. You've been listening to episode five of Not Quite the Afterglow. Thanks very much. See you again soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can subscribe via iTunes on your Apple device. If you are an Android user, we recommend using CastBox, available free from the Google Play Store. Find us on Facebook. Search Not Quite the Afterglow. Afterglow.